What's up, Golden Gamers? Welcome back to another episode of Radio Melee. I am joined by Toph, who is so electrifying, so eloquent. Glad to have him with us. And of course, we have our guest of honor today, Tafikins, someone who has done so much for the stats work and community growth in Melee. And so we're pleased to have you all here. Pleased to have uh, the host and the guest with us today. Tafo, sure. what's going on? Welcome to the program. <clears> oh, <throat> yeah. Uh, it's, um, what's going on? Um, well, I, I feel like the connection between us has been cursed because I think you guys wanted me earlier, but I couldn't make it. And today, you know, three minutes before we we're going to go live, my electricity went out in the entire neighborhood. So, oh god, I you're feel on like your we phone have right little... now, right? Yeah, I'm on my phone. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, it's not such a bad phone camera for what it's worth. Yeah, we're making it work. Um, but um, yeah, I am. Well. I'm at, before people ask, I'm at Nez's house. Uh, that is Nez behind me. He's doing controller work. Um, I came over. I do this thing every couple months. I come over to my good friend Nez's house, uh, and he's got a sick setup. There's like a gazillion controllers back there, as you can see. And uh, I get some controller work. We hang out, and uh, I'm doing radio, radio melee from here. So, yeah, someone, I just, I, someone in my chat, people know that I'm moving into a new house soon, but I, I have not. Nah. Unfortunately, I've not yet gotten set up in my new house. I have not yet strung up Christmas lights. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish that were the case. It's not the case. Uh, but, I'm, but I am here for Radio Melee. Well, and awesome. This is a crispy camera, so. Yeah, thank goodness Good. for that. I mean, still looking clean over there, man. Uh -huh. um, and if you guys out there, you know, you got questions for us. You got questions for Tafo again about stats, uh, rankings. Tafo was doing so much for rankings, community growth, uh, chic. Whatever else you want to talk about, uh, please, exclamation, Radio Melee, my chat, Toast chat, mm -hmm. uh, hop into the Discord server, submit topics here, we'll pull you in, we'll get it figured out. And if you don't get your question asked this time, maybe next time, so keep sticking around. But yeah, yeah um, Tafo, uh, before we go into uh, the caller questions, as people roll through, before we go into uh, even the community voice from last week, I kind of want to throw something to you about initiative you started recently. Um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, how much you want to elaborate on all this, but there was something you were talking about recently. Something you wanted to work pursue to help fund melee. Uh, obviously, we do have a funding problem in the community. However much you want to talk about that would be great. Um, and I'd love to hear. I'd love to, for you to have use this chance to talk about what you think is a good solution for that, and um, what there what some <clears throat> concerns people have, and and how that's all been playing out recently. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, so I think, uh, you know, Tofi and I, you know, we've been behind the scenes, uh, you know, looking at the money situation. And um, unfortunately for Genesis, like, you know, Sheridan, he works, you know, another job. But uh, we're always kind of in this position where we're one or two accidents away from a group of people going bankrupt. And I think, you know, being in that spot, it's it's really rough and stress uh, stressful. Where um, you know, there's so many things as a TO or even as just a player, you've been through that journey. You know, traveling events where um, you're kind of like living on the edge, where you don't know maybe like what the next year is going to look like. And so, um, over the years, we've had the compendium, we've had outside, um, we've had community members fund you know a lot of things from the Evo uh, drive to. You know, even like the donation drive for Genesis. However, um, I really hope that down the road we can find money from outside sources. And so, right, my funding. You know, it's going to be a little controversial. I'm not going to go s severely into it, but pretty much there's a website that 
just for signups is giving up about you know ten to fifteen dollars just for signing up. And when I talked to them, I just made sure that there were a few things in line. I didn't want us to have to put in money and. I don't want there to have to be any credit cards involved or anything. And so just looking to find whatever I can um, into adding additional money to the scene that doesn't involve our community having to spend more money. Um, And that's just the kind of the TLDR of it. Mm -hmm. So that's because it comes up, it comes up every summit, you know, where, you know, I, I felt like in particular, like this most recent summit, Smash Summit 12, uh, off of the heels of Smash Summit 11, which the, the community spent an exorbitant amount of money for um, in the compendium. And going into Smash Summit 12, the, uh, you know, it almost felt like for certain people, I mean, it, it worked out great. Uh, in fact, it was a historic summit because all of the buy-ins, all of the people that people, all the people that were voted in, all took at least one tournament set. That had never happened at a Smash Summit, right? Um, very difficult to do obviously, given the talent pool of the players there. Uh, but that was the concern kind of going in. It was like, man, we're just like fresh off the heels of the last Smash Summit. People spent a huge amount of money, and you're asking us to, like, raise, you know, a ton of money again to, like, kind of finance this thing and, and get these people in. And, you know, there's a little bit of, like, I don't know, buyer fatigue, I feel like, that the community experiences sometime. And yeah. and right now, you know, it's always off the heels of the community. Like, right now, I mean, the, the big topic, uh, not even topic, but the thing this week, is we've got um, Genesis is I believe what it's called. Yeah, uh, Genesis is a well. It's 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 basically the five days of melee content team uh, that did the five days of melee last year um, are uh, putting on not five but I think it's like four like a few days of melee basically leading up to LACS four, and it's it's a ton of content. Me and Tafo actually recorded some or. Technically, we were supposed to record. Well, okay, I'm not going to spoil too much. Yeah. But game show content, uh, I was the host of Who Wants to Be a Melee in Air this time around. Um, Had some fire guests on for that. So there's going to be game shows. There's going to be, like, really good show matches. Uh, Like, Mango, I think, is playing, like, Zane, I believe. believe, Mm. Or Leffen's playing Zane, you know. It's going to be, like, some really high-stakes exhibition matches. But the whole point is we're raising money for Genesis because they, they took such a big blow. And yeah, it sucks how this keeps coming up where it's like, dude, like, ultimately, it's the community just has to finance the community. Like, we all, um, yeah, and, and especially because I, I feel like it feels even worse right now because there aren't other, there are not other IRL events besides this, the, the, the summit, you know, beyond the summit's tournaments. Um, that, yeah, this, this, this like concept of buyer's fatigue in the Smash community kind of sucks right now. And so, like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly interested in 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 hopefully tackling this eventually. Is like how can we bring in more money, you know, investment from the outside? Yeah, and my idea of signups uh, for raising funds um something that FGC actually did, and that's what inspired the conditions. Um, I believe uh, Sabin or Arturo, um they use Macharino um, for their events, and you know, looking at him, I think they raised like a hundred k where. If people just sign up for different websites, like or tweeted out something, like it would add like a, you know a few bucks here and there. But I was pretty impressed that um, for him, who runs a lot of events as a streamer, that like, they were able to raise over a hundred k over last year, I believe. And so, um, you know, I really, so you know, we've all been in college, we've all been poor. Um, you know, even when we travel to events, that's like three, four, or five hundred dollars. It's probably even more in today's dollars, and like 
I was scraping by just to make it a pound. And like, I know what it feels like to make $10 an hour. And so I don't want to put the burden and pressure on people who want to help to be like, yeah, like I have to put in five hours of work to, to give $50. Um, that'd be, that just feels bad to me. Although like, and to be perfectly clear, I'm highly appreciative that people are willing to step in and help. I, I love the community efforts of, you know, Genesis and, you know, all the, the cool stuff that comes into being a part of this community. Um, I just kind of hope that it, we don't continue to rely on it or have this like expectation that we're having, you know, our young community have to spend money out of their pockets that they spend a lot of time earning. And so that's just kind of like the heart of it. Sure. I think that's fair. Um, so I know you didn't want to touch on the details too much, but for people that are listening and curious more of the details of your proposal, uh, you have a YouTube video. The title escapes me off the top of my head, but where it's can like they funding, go? It's a funding the melee community. And you can look there. The controversial thing here is that it's a crypto-based website. Um, but just to reemphasize here, the benefits are that we get about 10 to 20 bucks from the signup, no credit card or purchasing necessary. They just give the money, which is something to my knowledge that not a lot of you know different sites really do. They usually say like, if you spend $10, you get $10 for free. But this is literally just for signing up. Mm. You, they will give the money. So... Um, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I know they had a uh, a write up for those curious. They had a the, the kind of an article that you also linked about how, you know, obviously they're a lot more environmentally conscious than say like the Ethereum blockchain, right? Yeah, and I think that's important to a lot of people, myself included, uh, and helps me feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, and for sure. So, um, you know, that leads us to Genesis. Really excited. Um, I think the guys killed it last year with the five days of melee and looking forward to just being able to go on you know twitch and just watching whatever content's being produced so really excited Dude, you, and looking forward to that can you refresh my memory with the five days of melee was there like a what was the donation um i i goal or it, do you remember it, it was, was something so much it was to like something really to like, charity, right? like i think it was for children um who may have medical issues i think we don't it's similar to like doctors without borders but i think it was specifically for children Mm -hmm. um that we donated to and this specific time we're helping justice yeah direct relief this time we're leaving i was gonna say we're relieving ourselves but that sounds like we're going to the bathroom well we're leaving the community uh, <laughs> yeah directly and you know i don't know it um yeah it's kind of tragic because uh well this is the worst time to be a to it's never good to be to uh this is yeah i just a psa to all the kids at home uh, just don't become a TO. It's the worst. Uh, you don't receive money. Uh, top players complain to you all the time uh, because they're jerks. And um, you don't <laughs> get money. You have to have a day job anyway. Uh, it's a shitload of work. Uh, and it's relatively thankless. Um, uh, but for those of you who are TOs, you know, if that didn't dissuade you, you know, you're basically the lifeblood of the community because the community can't exist without you. Um, but yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, that's just kind of the reality of the way it works in a community like, you know, that's how grassroots communities are, right? If the, if the yeah. developer isn't interested themselves in putting tournaments on, somebody's got to do it. Um, and in that case, it's... And it, I, I guess the, the reason that, you know, it kind of stings is because, you know, Bobak and Shirt are, like, the best to do it. Like, Genesis is, like, the... It's the premier Smash event, right? It, it is the premier... It's kind of like our Evo in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, viewership is always just, you know, like, bonkers. It's, like, you know, six figures. Um... Uh, it's the one people look forward to. It's the one, you know, it was the first major in the... I would say it was the first major in the FGC 
to do uh, the Sunday venue, special Sunday venue, where, where it did Sunday venue in a theater. People associate that with Evo 2016, where they did the uh, Mandalay Bay Arena for the top eight. But actually, it was Genesis that year. Uh, I think that was Genesis 3, um, where they did uh, theater-style seating for, for top eight. So they're, you know, pioneer in that sense. Um, and it, like, yeah, it sucks that of all the people that, you know, this is kind of happening to right now, it's them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If anyone, uh, if there are any, you know, if there are any Radio Melee fans that are like oil barons, you know, incredibly, you know, just really rich uh, financiers, definitely hit the DMs. Uh, we'll, yes. we'll talk. Um, love to hear yeah. from you. Uh, love to hear and, from you. Lo- I mean, we'd lo- and it'd be good to talk more about funding, but we, we might have questions about that uh, later. So yeah. thank you so much for, you know, talking about that um, up front, Taffo. But before we get into our caller questions, I do see we have a few in there. Let's go to our community voice from last week where we had Zane on and he asked We did have uh, Zane on. We did. And Zane asked, uh, what would your I think it was like ideal top eight look like of uh, re- I think it was uh retired players or um, oh, yeah, present, something like that. I don't even think it was necessarily retired. I think it was just including retired. Including players. retired. And assuming yeah. they're I think it's like assuming they're all relatively even <laughs> skill as well. I'm seeing some uh, you know, uh recurring Recurring names here. Dirty Dart, a big Falcon fan. We got M2K and Armada, but also there's Dark Rain, Sound Specter, Isaiah, S2J, Nun, and Wizzy. That does so sound many fun. Falcons. Everyone likes <laughs> watching those uh, Falcon Round Robins. Uh huh. True. Jason Pegas says, uh, As in my boy Hybrid. I do like, I'm a Hybrid fan. Nice. Uh, I think he quit Melee for the violin. Uh, Sound <laughs> Specter, PC Chris, J Man, and of course, when he's ready, PPMD. That's me. Wow. <laughs> um, and then we've got a doubles community voice, which yeah. I love Armada Android. X Riot, Run Riot Tempo, of course. The they're the up and coming, insane doubles team on the East Coast. Pew Fat in all caps. Ken and Isaiah, Four Leaf Mango. Oh, Mango and Tof. Wow, Dude, Mango's in there twice. But let's go Tof. Love Man- that for you. In there twice. Yeah, who's gonna win between Four Leaf Mango and Mango and Tof? <laughs> uh, uh, well, the universe loses because we've cloned Mango in this in this timeline, and, <laughs> and everyone knows you can only have one Mango. That's true. I don't know. Uh, Mango Falco versus Mango Fox would be sick. True. Mango Falco versus Man- that is true. They could actually just team. Probably be a really good team, yeah. or or a really bad team. I don't know. Maybe they would both just try to they'd step on each other's toes. I don't yeah, know how I, that would work. I'm not sure. I'd be that team would work. Yeah, they'd either love each other or hate each other. And then you've got SS Tang and S2J Shroomed. Yeah, I mean doubles. Uh, I can't believe I made it. How did I make it in here? This is a <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I mean, that that time when you team with Mango Tof, you must have really went off, King. We took a set off. We we did take a set off M2K and Hbox. Hey, um, there you go. Which is not bad. That's pretty as it good. Turns out that is pretty good. There you go, man. So, love that for you. Wow. Um, you know which team I think could have been on there if you're allowed to put people on there twice. I would have loved to see S2J Lovage. Um, that was an amazing ooh. team. <clears throat> that was an amazing team. That's the manly sons. Yeah, the manly the manly sons, the manly sons. They were uh, they were super special. There's a really good photo of them sitting on the couch at um, I think it's Bob Money's house. And Bob Money's got kind of that rustic kind of living room that it, like you know it looks really it's like a it's like a nice kind of vibe. It's like a vintage. It's got kind of a vintage feel to it, and it's like this like vintage looking photo of S2J and Lovage sitting on the couch, and mm. they look super badass. It's like my favorite photo of all time. Nice. I hope we can dig up. I, there's probably no way we can dig up that photo. Yeah, I'm sure. Put that on screen, editors. <laughs> Listen, if we can find it, um, 
that would be wonderful. But yeah, um, Tafo, is there anyone that you did not see on the list that you think, you know, for you absolutely must be there? For the Devils or the singles list? Yeah, whatever you want. I mean, I'm surprised that um, As in Chillin didn't get mentioned at all. I think Doubles. Oh, As in Chillin and Doubles, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Say what um, you so will that's... about Chillin uh, and, you know, his career. Chillin was a ridiculously good doubles player. <laughs> yeah. Say what you will, but that's true. Um, for singles, uh, I mean, I have my, I think I posted a tweet thread not too long ago where, like, I think a lot of the international players, I would have really loved to see them play in their peak. Uh-huh. Uh, Javi, Amsa, the Sheik player. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikhail, Aniki, like those are just a lot oh, of yeah. what ifs uh, that um, I'm just sad that we just never got to see. I think Japan has always been a really strong force in Smash. Um, but the thing with Japan is that they usually, most of their community does move on to the new game. Like, um, you know, when Brawl, it was really interesting. I was in Japan during the early to mid days of Brawl, and uh, it was funny because they had a lot more overlap between Melee and Brawl. Like, a lot of the Melee players just did play brawl but but as a consequence of that it was kind of interesting because they would have smash fest with both games um and so i got to meet some of those guys you know masashi and at that point he was already kind of more focused on brawl but mm. it was cool i got to fox to know him and uh yeah i mean those those players were definitely insane back in the day and it's kind of interesting to think like what it would have looked like if more of japan stuck to melee um the way that like america did you know what i mean yeah that would be a very interesting timeline. I suspect they would still be extremely strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, World Tour especially has gotten us to really come back into appreciating how how much talent is out there, how how hard people have been working in, even the impact of Slippy and helping people uh, improve faster and show that, you know, they absolutely can do it. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm I really, really, I, really hoping to see more from uh, Ingen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he didn't. I don't player. think he ended up the Marth player. I don't think he ended up taking any sets in his pool. I'm not sure. Not sure. Uh, I know him and Magi went to last. It, went to game it five close. last stop. It was yeah. really close. And um, I don't know. It's just such a cool story. He started playing like a year ago. Like not even at the beginning of the pandemic. He started playing like in the middle of the pandemic. Like he played. He started playing in August 2020, which feels like so recent. Like for that to be his first time holding controller, mm-hmm. and then to be taking Magi to game five last stop is just like insane. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's honestly, it's unfathomable. And like, um, for me, the big question is like, is he going to be able to travel more? Like, is, is the competitive landscape where he is in Japan? Cause I don't even think he's in like Tokyo. I think he's like kind of out in the boonies. Mm. So <laughs> is he going to have the landscape that's going to let him continue? Well, it's making it, he's work, making it work so far. So I hope so. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see if there's any sort of limit there and what he's got to do at that point. But, um. Yeah, a lot of great talent out there. Um, so that's, that's certainly a good point. I, I actually um, think that we. I, I want to. I was trying to conceptualize a video. I was like outlining it, and um, I think the interesting thing about twenty twenty one is like the gap between just starting out and going like two and two and two in um, a nationals bracket is you know a lot higher, right? Like the skill you need, the raw skill you need to get to that point is really high. But the rate of improvement that you can have to get there is a lot faster than it's ever yeah. been. Yeah, um, it's like a, it's like an arms race with like the community is in an, in an in an arms race arms race with itself. Yeah, 
I mean, you guys remember the old days of like having to find videos or like you had to pay $25 to go on MLG. You had to pay $30 for like the OC2 DVD. Um, There wasn't a YouTube yet. And so like even to improve, um, even just like L canceling, I was trying to explain to one of my friends getting into it. I was like, yeah, you do it as you land. And it turns out it's like you do it a little bit before, but there's a lot of just pain points that like are just so simplified today, which is like amazing. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to see, you know, in addition to, him like who who shows up in like another year it feels like one year today is like three years back in like 2005 in terms of like the rate of improvement Mm. yeah well said um so yeah i think we've we've thoroughly investigated uh zane's community voice we are going to be still encouraging tafo to be thinking of what he'd like to ask but in the meantime we got some callers uh ready and waiting so i'd be glad to bring in our first one today there they are jay plums what's going on where are you calling in from uh, yeah, hi. I'm calling in uh, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. What's up, Jay Plums? Good to have you Thanks, man. on the program today. What's your question uh, for us? Yeah, my question is, uh, so since there's been pretty like consistent discourse on the purpose and benefit of rankings yeah. uh, ever since like the last one in 2019, and we haven't had one since then, uh, but now, of course, we have like the multiple projects on the horizon. Uh, so I was wondering, uh, in light of this, um, what we actually think the purpose of rankings should be for the community and what benefits they've uh, historically brought to the community, if, if any. Um, since um, some people have talked about like the anxiety they feel related to that. Um, because personally, I think the greatest benefit rankings bring is that it allows new players uh, just into, into the community to understand the history of the community more. Um, and just by like, if you go over like the past few years, you get a very quick glimpse of like a who's who of sorts um, for some people you might otherwise not know about. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is such a good question to have with Tafo too, because I mean, he really started. I mean, I don't know if someone else, if you want to talk about that, you can. But yeah. to me, in my mind, Tafo was the guy that started us doing rankings and the whole mess, and everyone. He was the guy that everyone yelled at when they didn't like it. So he's he's he was that guy for years. So I'm you know I'm glad we get a question for him like that. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. So I can kind of. So funny enough, I, I think Chillin' Dude and Hugs were the originators of it. They created a top twenty-five at least U.S. ranking. So I don't. I'm not like the first one, but I, I think it went dead for a while, and then I brought it back. So um, as me as like the original architect behind it, um, you know, if I look at other esports or I look at sports, right, it's very quickly you're very quickly able to find a narrative around people and like figure out like who's who, like who Steph Curry is, who LeBron James is. Yeah. Um, if you want to dig deeper, you can find it. Um, 2013 was a different beast. You like local hometown hero slocks. Like there was just no information on a player like slocks or a person like dart. And yeah. to me, it, it's like um, that makes this seem like a huge outreach issue where, there's just no way a person can contextualize like how good this player is. And that's what brought up the rankings is just, I just needed a way for very quickly to contextualize, like how do we like put these people um, like, how good are they like in a quick numeric fashion, you know, people love lists, people love rankings. And generally I wanted people to get um, to talking about smash and melee. And I felt that this was the best avenue to do it. Now, understanding that, um, I understood there were a lot of weaknesses to it. Double elimination brackets. I believe in 2013, all we had to really pin off of were locals, Apex, and Evo. Um, obviously, you're not going to have a lot of uh, data points, and a lot of people inferred off of friendlies. But 
I felt like it was decent enough that if somebody finished 57th versus 70th, in my eye, like that doesn't make much of a difference. I would just say like, oh, they're both top 75 and that's like yeah. fine as a point of comparison. And it's to just get people talking. Um, that's the heart of it for the community. And for rankings, to your point, it's about, yeah, like I want to improve. Like this is a benchmark for a lot of people they want to get to. It's like, I want to get PR'd and then I want to hit top 100. So I wanted to create that kind of uh, foundation for people who want to climb up the ladder. So if you were saying something. Well, I just think it's, I think the, the, in some ways there's never been a clearer time to answer this question. It's like, you know, anyone who tunes in a mango stream, for example, they're always, you know, um, so much of the, of the, the problem right now is that, you know, mango has been calling the last couple terms. Like this is like the filler arc. Cause he's like, well, the, these tournaments don't really count for rankings. What's the point? Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways, this didn't used to be the case, obviously, because tournaments existed long before 2013. But it feels like now, uh, if a tournament isn't for the rankings, the top players don't care. Um, they might not attend. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so in a lot of ways, it's, it's actually, it, it feels like very uh, concretely right now that if, if there are no rankings, um, what's the point? For the top players, at least. And if the top players are in attendance... Nobody wants to watch, you know, it, so it's, it's, it's right now it feels very, uh, practically like the rankings are crucial, essential, um, for better or for worse, right? For better or for worse. I would say that there's, there's always going to be a little bit of a sense, um, you know, we, we talk about the Mango Zane tier, even that in its, in its own way is like a colloquial or a casual kind of ranking that the community kind of accepts. Um, but that's not standardized anywhere. And if you really do, if you look at the most recent PGR, uh, Zane is still number six in the world, which, which, you know, feels a little bit wrong at this point. Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I would love to live in a world where, you know, people just, uh, compete for competition's sake and don't care about the numbers and don't care about, you know, some little, uh, anecdote they can put at the end of their Twitter bio, number one in the world, number two in the world, but that's not the world we live in. Uh, people need validation uh, in the form of, well, what people, yeah, I mean, people care what people think about them. And uh, yeah, for better or for worse, uh, you, you need the rankings. You, you don't have them. Uh, we've we've kind of learned that top players don't give a shit. <laughs> so if you want to see good melee, you have to have rankings. That's just kind of how it works. Yeah, I suppose in the absence of uh, something else anyway, uh, but there was... Uh, there's the question of what they ought to be, but there was a second question, Jay Plums, and I want to see mm. if I can answer that. I don't remember what it was. If you could remind me, that'd be great. Uh, it was what it should be, and also what it has been in the past. Oh, what it has been. Yeah, that's a, that's different, right? So what it what it what we would like for rankings to do versus what it's been, and so I think mm -hmm. you know Toph did a really good job summarizing what, what it's it is been, right and now. that's been you know we <laughs> this is hey go to these tournaments, you you silly top players. Uh, that's what that's what that is what it sounds like. And so, you know, what it could be, what it ought to be, I mean, I think is is tough. Do you do it in tiers? I mean, we talked about the, you know, Toph mentioned the Mango Zane tier. If you do it in tiers, does do people, you know, in your Twitter bio, you can't say number one. You have to say shared number one or, or mm. whatever, right? That's probably not as interesting. It might be a little more confusing for other people who are uh spectating or want to say that their their favorite is number one or whatever and so i think i don't have a great answer that uh, that makes you know a lot of hardcore fans and 
players that I think are are happy with the rankings happy. I mean, like Tove said, I would love to live in a world where, you know, we didn't necessarily need rankings. We could use something informal. We could use tiers. We could use some sort of thing so people could know where they are. Like Tafo mentioned with the benchmark, I think there is some sort of relative idea that's still useful and it still helps sponsors know who they want to take. And, you know, we could still go something more general so that we could try to hit as many points like that without saying, you know, you are a number better than this person and therefore you are more valuable. You know, and there's, there are consequences to that in my view, but yeah, uh, even if you were a higher tier, it would still be there. That could still exist. So it's not, I don't have, I don't have a perfect answer for you, unfortunately, but I do know they have been helpful. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely add that, you know, I think that it's really easy to get wrapped up in it and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, people almost develop like an unhealthy obsession with them, um, for better or for worse. But, you know, that's kind of, I guess that kind of comes with the territory. Like if something's meaningful in that sense, if it's something, if it's, if it's, if you've got this thing and the community is forming, uh, opinions about you based off of this thing, which is, which is in this case, uh, you know, the kind of the community, like the, the global rankings. Um, of course people are going to obsess over it. Um, yeah. I almost yeah. wonder, you know, from a practical perspective, you know, what I wish we could have, what I think would be really cool. Uh, I think it'd be neat. Cause I, I think what we've come to, this is kind of a random thought I had. Um, and this is shifting the conversation a little bit into like ideal scenarios and like my dream world or whatever. I think it'd be really cool. Cause I think a couple years ago, I feel like top 100 was quote unquote enough. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I feel, I feel like in 2013, 2014, um, and, and you know, this is the case cause I was top 100 for, for a few years and I feel like there's Let's go so. that, 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 that I, well, I think that shows that it was a, a, a you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you have to put me on there to round out your top 100, then clearly you're, you're scraping, uh, the bottom okay, of the barrel. Well, that, that seems These days, I would say there are, I mean, you know, there are so many ridiculous players that, um, that I feel like deserve credit, uh, yeah. and you know, people that are doing incredible things, like people like, uh, Lang from Mexico, right? For mm-hmm. example, a player, uh, I know he's taking sets off players like Kadoran, uh, players like Curve. Um, really, really, really strong player. Uh, someone like that, you know, may never be on a top 100 because of the nature of, you know, for, for one thing, his character. Um, and, and, and then players from, from all kinds of regions that probably can't go to, uh, well, majors, or they might not have, you know, they might only be playing in online tournaments. Uh, they might not be eligible for rankings because obviously there's this big question right now of like, are we even going to count online results? Answers looking like maybe no, but. Um, I would, I think it'd be super dope if there was a way to somehow extend the top 100. I would, I wish there was like, almost like a, you know, like in chess, there's like a rating, you get a rating. And oh, it's, you know, like an it's ELO. Like, I, I don't think it's, I know this has kind of been explored before, but I, yeah. I, I don't know how practical it is. I know that the implementations that people have tried in the past have been kind of, kind of hokey, you know, you end up mm-hmm. with weird results. Like I remember there was one time, you know, Hanky Panky was in the top 10 or whatever. Oh yeah. It was like number he was like number four on certain lists, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, you know, which which great player, but you know, he got people's champed on for a reason, right? So <laughs> I would say, I would say, I, I I think it'd be I in my dream world. If you're going to talk about what I wish the rankings could be, that's what I would want. I would want a way for every tournament to matter in some capacity. Like if it's a if it's an official tournament, uh, in in some form, you know, you could go to like like I would want. To, I think that at at their purest. I think rankings are a way to incentivize people to go to tournaments and feel like they're meaningful. And I wish there was a way to do that for tournaments of all sizes. Uh, mm. 
and I think that at it at at in the most ideal scenario, I feel like that's what a rating system could be, because uh, that's the whole point, right? It's to incentivize. That's I think that's what we care about at the end of the day. It's it's to incentivize slippy kids to go outside and make some friends. At their <laughs> yeah. That's what I think at their purest. Um, that's what I think rankings should be. Uh, right. So we we keep Mango Zane tier, but we make the slippy kids go outside and touch grass. Love that because yeah, and I think you know I think that there's the, there's kind of a cutoff right now, right? There's there's the top 100, but you know your average slippy kid isn't really looking to be instantly on the top 100 that doesn't really make sense in 2022 there's do too many good players the, do you think ranked coming out and there being some type of ranked system solves that to an extent i mean i know yeah, it works to against what you, to what you're saying they don't go outside if they're going to be doing the ranked so that i guess it gives a, a, i think it'll give people a reason to play and to care uh and i think that'll be good but yeah i would love there to be some bridge to irl tournaments i feel like yeah. that's the that's the dream the dream is let's nurture this thing that we know we do really well, which is we have an awesome, you know, in-person experience. Um, you know, that's always the best part of Smash Brothers, of course, getting to, getting to tournaments and hanging out with people. Mm -hmm. uh, the, real the real rank is the friends we made along the way and all that. <laughs> yeah. And I think Slippy Rankings, uh, Slippy Ranked is going to be really dope for, you know, for, for people looking to level up, for people looking to have a good time online. But... Yeah, if there's some way we could... That's what I want. I, I know this is... If I had the perfect solution for you, I would obviously I would just do it. But that's what that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm excited because <clears throat> I think the fundamental issue with the rankings, if we're boiling it down, is just the lack of data. Like, if you're from a small right. region, you might only play three top 100 players, and mm -hmm. that's it. And that's a lot of variance. But, it, like, hypothetically, the rankings would be fixed in many levels if, like, we played, like, every day against each other, right? Mm. Somehow we're able to create the environment. So, yeah, I'd like, be love to see how we can make online, like, a viable source because, like, we really don't have anything else right now. Um, yeah. So. It's weird, right? Melee's in this state where, at once, we don't have <clears throat> tournaments right now, but we also have... Because when I think about the top 100, I'm like, dude, who's even top 100 anymore? Like... It's confusing. Dude, a hundred people are so good now, right? People are so so good. This Ness's light has started flashing in a in a funny way. It, it's yeah, like it's like trying to name Pokemon. See that this light like, is there's the so light many. Is, yeah, you're... there's too many, right? Like, um, yeah. seizure warning. I don't know what where I stand worldwide anymore. I don't think anyone really does because we haven't had an official rankings in in, in a year and a half, two years. But it's like. If you're not solidly top whatever, like top 30 or 40, if you're not solidly top 30 or 40, it's like nobody knows where they stand anymore. And I don't even think bringing the top 100 back is even going to help the majority of people. There are going to be so many people who don't get ranked because there's just there are just more players these days. There are way more players. Uh, and it's a funny it's a funny dichotomy to be in. Hey, Nez, what's going on with this light? Why is this light? Okay, well, while they figure that oh, out, uh, Taflo, yeah, yeah, did yeah. you have anything hey, you wanted to tack on to... What Topo's oh, saying? Good, or... good. I kind of like it. Um, no, I think we can um, we can probably move on from the topic. But great question. Yeah, Thanks, really Jake. important great question, plums. and uh, appreciate you calling in with the J plums. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, taking my time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you have any shout outs for us on your way out today? I, I definitely do. Uh, shout out everyone in the uh, Greater Toronto area, uh, especially for farming the shit out of me. Uh, and with that, uh, I think uh, hope the rest of the show goes well. And uh, thanks again. All right, love it. Take oh, care. Dude.
Good old rankings talk. Yeah. Uh, well, looks like we got our next caller coming in. Um, Ultra Dill. What's up? Uh, where are you calling in from, Ultra Dill? Oh, that, okay. that Twitch was throwing me off. Sorry. Um, I'm calling in from Ruston, Louisiana. Hell yeah. Ooh. Is that where Madre is from? Madre is from Baton Rouge. That's like more southern Louisiana. Okay. Cool. J-Salt. Isn't J-Salt, Louisiana? It's in New Orleans, yeah. So that's like even more southern than Baton Rouge. Holy <laughs> cow, they just keep going. Well, um, <laughs> we're, we're glad you're here from, uh, from your location in Louisiana. And we were wondering what your question was for us today. Uh, so my question was basically, um, so we've seen a lot of interest in international play um, recently with, you know, these Smash GG data pages of, you know, what's the most popular cl- uh, character in each country mm. and, you know, with Smash World Tour and stuff like that. And I know for me, this kind of this question originally came to me because I was just kind of scrolling like the Melee Twitch page and I saw this like Russian net play tournament. And I was like, man, this is pretty oh. hype with this Russian dude screaming over a peach and game and watching <laughs> each other. Holy cow, like, I need to see cool. that. Yeah, where, it, where was that? The, is that on Twitch? It was. I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was also interesting because I was reading all the Russian Twitch like, channels just watch Naruto all day. This is huge. <laughs> but um, I was like, I don't know if there was a Reddit where they were announcing it or if it was on the bio or whatever. But they were saying that Russia had never had a melee scene until Slippy. Wow. And I was wow. thinking, I'm like, you know, with Slippy, like, there's so much more potential we can do to like grow the scene. So my question yeah. basically is, what can I don't know exactly who, but what can the melee seed do to grow melee in other countries and also to maybe grow it to where like these players interact with? Because I feel like for a lot of these people, they grow a lot more recognition when they play more top players. Like I think with Smash World Tour for me, like I had never not heard of a lot of those players, but now I'm a lot more interested in those players because we're now seeing yeah. them play like, you know, Magi, Hbox, all the other top players. So yeah, cool question. I um, wanna um I've I have my idea that I really wanna do. Um th- this is maybe this is more limited to like North America or whatever, but I, I wanna get on a tour bus with Zane. Uh it doesn't have to be a bus, it could be like a van. I wanna do I this is this is ser- I'm serious, this is a content piece I wanna do. Mo- several months long. I wanna get on a van. We actually talked about doing this. We might still do it. I want to get on a van and the idea is we like drive around and it's like it's like diners and drive-ins with uh, Guy Fieri and we're gonna drive around America and we're gonna um we're gonna go to like a like imagine we drive from the east coast to the west coast and we like stop at locals along the way and we go to locals and like people come out and then saying like I like commentate them and saying like wins the tournament yeah, or whatever he probably Goes does me <laughs> I think that'd be really fun to do I think that'd be cool for an A side note uh. Shout outs to Etos who put all this data together. He, yeah. he had the maps of like where the yeah. um really cool uh where all the players because it's all Smash G data, right? That's kind of the interesting thing is these maps were Smash G data, not Slippy data. And yeah. there's some correlation, obviously, but there's also there's you know there's going to be differences. Um, interestingly, there are no, there's no melee. There's zero melee in uh North Dakota. It is the yeah, one. Yeah, I heard about that. State, if you're a North Dakota viewer, can you please comment on this video? So I I, I want to know if you're out there. Uh, this yeah. is for me. I want to know. The, zero Smash G sets played from North Dakota in 2021. The only state in the union. Uh, zero players registered from North Dakota. North Dakota is a, a melee wasteland. It's literally zero. It makes, to me, little sense. Uh, <laughs> because there was even a fair bit of activity in, like, for example, Yukon... Uh, Canada, which is a which is a province that has thirty five thousand people in the entire province, uh, but somehow zero North Dakota. So yeah. I say, if we want to grow melee, we got to send people to North. We got to send evangelists 
to North Dakota. <laughs> that's a good yeah. word. Missionary. Yeah. Yes, yeah. missionaries to, to North Dakota. That's right. Yeah. Bring copies of Melee. Distribute them. Right. Bring some controllers. Get some NES controllers up there or something. Um, I love that. I do have some interesting things, like just yeah. like contextualizing with other games. Like the basketball became a global sport after the Dream Team went out, and like the NBA has done extended effort to certain degrees, especially like China and other countries, to really be ambassadors, play games there. So there is something to be said about Toast's idea of bringing melee to other countries with like our players or stars. Um, yeah. Low-hanging fruit on the other end is um, maybe we have to work on translations for other countries. Um, mm. But um, the process of localizing, I'm sure t- this is probably Toast Alleyway, is actually extremely difficult in terms of localizing a scene where like they're not naturally exposed because their player base, you know, if you look at North America, you have the casual player base and like some small percentage eventually, you know, pursue it to a competitive endeavor where like that ratio is probably 50 to 1 for like every 50 people that buy melee, maybe it's 100 to 1 will like end up playing competitive and go to events. So that ratio is really small. Um, you yeah. know, Riot, um, like Riot to get into Vietnam, for example, they had to um, pay uh, bike riders to bring CDs to different land cafes to update mm-hmm. patches because Vietnam's wow. internet isn't like good enough to have patches update on all their computers. So mm-hmm. in order to bring League of Legends to Vietnam, they have these bike riders pass out CDs every time a new patch comes out. And so like, there's a lot of interesting challenges that kind of come out, especially when you go international with uh, regulations, you know, like, I don't know what piracy is like and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it, there is low hanging fruit and I think it's awesome that Russia is having it. So like, I think the low hanging fruit here is maybe we create translations of our tutorials, our guides, and, um, let's see like what happens from there. If like we can break at least that language barrier. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, kind of what Aiden and people, I would say Aiden and, and also like people like, you know, Cone with Cone's Academy, uh, people like Kumar and Turk on the Levo team. Uh, everyone on the same team you know like the uh the same circuit um i think some of the stuff that that they like the the the, i feel like europe really came together in a major way over the last year or two i feel like i'm watching way more eu melee than i ever did um outside of like you know i'd watch beast right and uh like dreamhack sweden or whatever but i feel like i feel like eu melee is way more um i don't know prominent right now uh than than it's kind of ever been and it feels like feels like uh I don't know. It's 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 kind of funny because it's it, it happened all after Armada quit, um, but but uh, which you know I don't know what that says. They about were too intimidated anything. by him to start. What's the point, man? Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, stuff like that in general, I think is really cool. I think that someone just has to like, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to go over and do it. You know, I, I know in the FGC. Uh, you know, for a while, like Spooky, you know, was was out in Southeast Asia, and he was just he brought his talents out to Southeast Asia and, mm. and was running events and doing streaming and doing his stuff out there. Um, maybe someone just has to do that. I don't know. Yeah, and I if feel like um. Oh, I'm sorry. To... Oh no, 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 you're good. Go ahead. Oh, and I mean, I feel like one of the biggest things with Smash World Tour that I feel like made it more interesting, though I understand financially this would be hard to do, but having the regionals in each region, like, I know they weren't yeah. able to have for Central America and Australia because of COVID, but I feel like that also helps build hype because it can create a revenue stream in a way, like it can give an incentivization of like having these stream things, yeah. and it also yeah. gives like stakes to it and kind of creates these narratives of stakes. helping build up these players. 
so it can help like bring eyes to those scenes as well so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something that i know happened i don't know if, how this works with world tour but i know in the capcom tour uh some of the other events like players from na would try to go to some of the other events in other regions just to keep getting more points and I don't know if that's that was an option for World Tour or not, or you had to be a citizen of wherever. I don't know the details, but that was also a way to kind of encourage people going to other places and and uh, interacting with those scenes and driving uh, interest there and, and seeing how everything compared. So something else that kind of just works together. You, I mean, there's a circuit really can help in so many ways. It's something that's been talked about before. It's something hard to do now. Um, we are doing a lot more content now, and I think Taffo yeah. and Tope have covered everything else. So if I if I had really anything else to say, it would I think we need to get on a tour bus. I think the tour bus idea is cool. Yeah, everyone. Okay, this is our call to action. Everyone, get a tour bus. We we're we're gonna we're gonna get into the, we're gonna use our our crypto money Taffo, and we're gonna buy a bunch of tour buses. Yeah, that's our strategy. That's our community strategy. We're gonna drive around. <laughs> we're gonna drive around someone you know someone did this in japan actually i think it was uh i think oh, it was really? nemo yeah it was one cool. of the street fighter players oh, okay. uh i think and? nemo was it nemo i think it was nemo nemo like he 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 did this he kind of like went out and did like meetups and like yeah. it was like a, you know they're like kind of like challenge the pro kind of events at different <laughs> places around japan at see places that didn't have arcades or you yeah. know whatever um and i don't know i think it'd be, i think that'd be cool to do actually yeah, find a way to highlight con, uh, use bring these people in from different places. I mean, none of us on the show right now are in the same place physically, but we're making this content happen. So, you know, um, yeah, we're also planning on trying to get some Europeans on here. We've had Amsa on, uh, so we're you know we're trying to Amsa's get other not people European. Oh, yeah, so I, I was saying Amsa from Japan, right? But yes, yeah, so we're in different places. Uh, but you know, the more we <laughs> the more we get uh content and highlight people from different places and give them a voice i think that that's helpful too and so i don't really have too much else to add i think these guys have nailed it really well and if there's a new you idea, imagine I... european amsa that's like fresh. Be crazy like fresh yeah no way man yeah, oh magnifique <laughs> i get that yeah well anyway uh ultra Dill, thank you yeah no it's it's a good question and i you know i think Honestly, Smash World Tour, like, this kind of, it was, it, you guys agree, I, I feel like the, the the cool thing about Smash World Tour, because, like, it didn't end up having Zayn, it didn't end up having Mango, right? Like, it yeah. didn't have the top, top players. But, what we did get was, like, you know, we got to watch some sets we would never, never see, see, right. Never get to see. We got to see, and like, some you of know, them were so much can play people. We saw so, so the sets were way more interesting than I think people would have honestly predicted. Players mm-hmm. from, you know, people, countries people don't often think about, but they were doing great. And I think that's absolutely fantastic and shows there's so much that the people of the world yeah. can offer, which I think is awesome. Far, far versus Amsa was one of them. That, that set was a butt clencher. Mm. Uh, far, <laughs> the, the Mexican Sheik versus Amsa, of course, the Japanese Yoshi. That set was like, it was like a random pool set. I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is intense. Yeah. This is so, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool to get to see people that you don't usually get to see. And, uh, you know, my hipster opinion is that I think top 64s are sometimes more exciting than the top. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. No, top 64s are always my favorite. My favorite part of every major is when you're walking around. I remember this happened at big house four. I was walking around. I remember it so crystal clearly. My favorite sets are the sets where people start standing on chairs to try to watch them. They're off screen, Uh you know? And it was uh, the TOs called, it was, it was in top 64, uh, and the TOs called Shroomed versus Dart. I was like, ooh, Shroomed versus Dart. I got to see that. P- 
people started crowding around the setup. Of course, there's a bunch. It was Midwest because Big House. Mm. There are a bunch of people that are Midwest that wanted to cheer for Dart, and uh, yeah, it was like it was like uh, I remember being like, ah, this is the this is the good stuff. Yeah, this is the good stuff because I don't know. It's like it's like the top eight stuff you can catch on YouTube. You know, like you can you're gonna get to watch that. Uh, and and be part of that even if you're not there in the moment but like the top 64 sets it's all it always feels like you had to be there like you really had to be there if you weren't standing on a chair sometimes you're there you can't even see because the crowd is it's too too dense yeah you know and uh that's i definitely we should do a legend of the zoo seat as a content piece. (laughs) legend of the zoo seat legend of the uh eclipsing binary yes Love Legend that. of the uh, I don't know D disciple telling people to clear the way so yeah, that there isn't a fire path. hazard. Clear the path. Legend of Atlas making these montages. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. So, yeah, a lot going anyway. on there. But I mean, honestly, thank you, thank question. you for the question, Alfredol. Any shout outs you want to do? Oh uh, yeah, have the floor? Sh- yeah, appreciate it. Uh, shout outs to uh, you know uh, Little Smash Louisiana Melee, uh, Magi, Jason, you know, great players. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, shout out to. Rustin, uh, shout out to Rustin Rumble, the tournament I run whenever COVID uh, stops Rumble. being super annoying. Nice. Um, going to do stuff, but you will see when that happens. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. And um, one, I guess, thing just to throw on, because people were talking about whether, um, like, you know, like you have to be like a national player for those other countries. I know for Battle Arena Melbourne right before COVID, for like Smash Ultimate Summit, Dark Wizzy actually won that and took the spot. He was like the only non-Australian player. Okay, okay, so you could, do that. you could do players. that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty funny. Oh um, man, I bet that's kind of cool though, thrilled. right? Because in a way, because in a way, that's it's kind of cool at the same time though. Because if someone goes to, uh, that might be incentive for them to, you know, because this is the, always the thing is like, how do we get top players to come to these, you know, more remote mm-hmm. areas in terms of the game? Uh, and then that kind of incentivizes that. So it's in, in that sense, it's kind of cool, right? Like I don't know. This is really common in Street Fighter, for example, on the Capcom yeah. Pro Tour. You yeah. got, you know, when when Southeast Asia Major was on the Capcom Pro Tour, you know, Daigo and and Fudo and you know Itabashi and everybody's coming to Singapore to play because they want those Capcom pro, those Capcom Pro Tour points. Uh, and you know, for the local community, it's like, oh, that's well, when am I going to get to play Daigo? Right. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of goes both ways. Right. I'm sure some people were mad, and then some people were like, oh, this is tight. I was getting a little anxious because my phone battery is going to get low, and then I remembered I have a laptop, and I'm using my laptop to charge wow. my phone, so we can go a lot longer. Great, Tavon. Glad we're keeping you with us. Is your power really still out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess it is. I see the devices in the background, and they're definitely... Wow, oh, that my. sucks. Well, oh, we're glad Tavo's sticking with us, and we're glad that uh, you're shouting out uh, Louisiana Ultradill. Thank you for your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Stop by on the tour bus over here. <laughs> Sounds yep, I will. good. We'll schedule hey, a Louisiana stop. I would love to get a Louisiana boil of seafood and eat there. Uh, so. You know, my brother lives in Louisiana. Oh, okay. All uh, the better. Yeah, New Orleans. Maybe okay. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll stop by. Go right. go there. South Louisiana has better food, so. All right. We'll, Sounds we'll, good. We'll Take visit, care. Uh, we'll visit right. J-Salt. Bye. All right. So, we've got, yeah, definitely some more callers here. we got one Our more, next it caller. looks like. Yeah, um, I don't know if we have more or not, but we'll see. Right now we I have, have more. Kimona. I I don't know if I'm saying that right, but if I am, what's up? Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, I'm Kimona. I'm uh, calling in from Dallas. Great, Dallas for us today. 
so I'm interested, given the uh, the three folks that we have on today, um, mm. I'm curious to know how things like uh, note taking, watching the game, and uh, engaging with stats and things like that differs from the perspectives of being a player, being a coach, or, or being a commentator. Whoa, question! Um, oh, good question. Good, great that's question. That's an awesome yeah. question, man. Actually, Tafo, uh, Tafo did a great job, uh, fantastic job uh, with coaching Mango, Toph, of course phenomenal commentator and i do some commentary too so i think we really got everyone here this is we can really answer that on all fronts great question yeah um i think pp could start this off because it was like as a player um right and like i think there's like self-improvement cycles that you probably were a little bit more deliberate than i'd probably say most of the other you know top players so like why don't you run us through like what you kind of look for because i think that's kind of like the the angle of the question is like what do players look at to like improve yeah, and just to make sure I'm clear, I don't, I didn't use stats um, very much, Kimono. That was that was uh, something Taffa was very good at, and something I, I had, I didn't really find I'm a way sure, to capitalize. I'm sure Kimono included stats in the question for more for Taffa than. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So I just I want to make sure that I can remember what else you were really asking for, uh, just so I can respond to that part. Right. Sure. I mean, uh, like definitely note taking, and uh, like I guess particular things you try to look for when you watch a VOD. I mean, I'm okay, honestly okay. interested in perspectives, like all three perspectives. Really. Okay, yeah. sure. So as a player, um, you're looking for... You're, most people, I think, that get pretty far are usually looking for the big problem areas. What's getting you hit a lot? What's happening to you over and over? What is... What is what is what happens when things don't feel good in the game? That's usually what you're looking for. Um, this is common in uh you know traditional sports people are often often looking at what's going wrong and then trying to fix that so i think that's a pretty common um approach there and what you're looking for you know the way i tell people is look for a hit and find out what happened sometimes you have to guess sometimes you have to uh make some theories or whatever but you you get there and so um note taking for me you know broadly is about figuring out what's going on uh, that's going wrong. But I think once you once you start, either have a problem player, like someone that's giving you a real hard time, a problem matchup, or you just get you know farther along and then there's a, a narrower field of opponents, often you're spending a lot of time looking at, well, what is this person what does this person really like to do? What do they like to go for? What what is what's a common habit they have? Where do they get uncomfortable? What do they do when they're uncomfortable? Um what can I do to break their confidence? I mean, there are all kinds of questions that you can ask. And the more specific you get in um, breaking that down, and for me in particular, I liked looking at the connection of, uh, you could hear when I was talking about it, person and game, the more I could find that overlap, you know, what made them comfortable, what made them uncomfortable, um, where did they like to be, what did they like to do? And, you know, maybe I take away the comfort stuff and you know, put them in the uncomfortable stuff more, right? So that sort of thing absolutely uh really helpful and i think if you can also look at that and be honest with that for yourself which at times is harder and i think that's why having a coach or another perspective is really good but the more you can be honest with that about yourself the more you can um you know you can expand your own range of comfort and say even in places where i wasn't comfortable before i am now and the my mix-up range is greater you give and stuff like that on the comfort note because i feel like yeah. that's a very personal term comfort yeah. do you have any examples of this um, of like of like you studying for like some top player and like a a, a situation where this kind of happened with you. Hey, these nuts are proprietary. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, no, it's fine. Um, 
Let's see. What's I mean, the answer could be no. I, you know, not off the top here. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think I could. I think I can come up with with something. I think there are. Well, I guess I can do something easy. So I think when when um, when I could shut down, you know, uh, M2K coming off a platform if he was Sheik and I was Falco, for example. If I could, if I could deny him something there, I could, I could keep him kind of locked down for maybe a few seconds or an interaction or something. Then that could, that could be very uncomfortable because often I could feel that he would pick something that, or a series of a few things that would lead to a better outcome. And if I, you know, would deny that for a little bit, then maybe you know something a little more frustrated can come out. Get like antsy. Still, yeah, a little more pressure from that over time. And so, uh, but you know, I can look at it from my own, but just, just something very quick in particular like that i think is a little bit easier to convey so hopefully that makes is that sense. was this like uh was this part of what led to skate r3 yeah i mean once if you there there's a lot of things that go into it right because getting that initial opening is one thing but then how to extend and keep yeah. someone uncomfortable is its own thing afterward right so you could you could make someone uncomfortable and then to keep them there is one thing and then you know there but then there are there are players like mango who can regain their composure a lot faster so then you have to so then they come back to that and then you have to kind of go with that flow and say okay well how can i put them back there and put them back there or let it be one way for a while and then try to put them back there and so it it, it really it there is a there is a real in my view dance of of how that can go and so it, it can really defer mm-hmm. um and Go ahead, Devo. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so I think to allude to, like, uh, you know, PPMD, like, there are universal truths about matchup. Like, if you upthrow this character at this percent, it leads to this, right? There's yeah. definitive, you know, checkmate scenarios. And then yeah. to, P- to I hate saying PPMD. It sounds like IBDW. Um, <laughs> I Kevin, apologize. You could say PP, you could say Kevin, whatever you want, man. Okay. I want you to be uncomfortable. Uh, I'll just to pp's point then you get to meta habits right like in my notebook for tof right if i tech chase him and i miss i know that he's gonna drill shine right and but that's a really important thing to learn because most other boxes will spot dodge or roll away um against silent specter um i noticed that he never grabbed me so there's one match where i jb ford him and like this is coming off of just losing him where i was like i'm just gonna shield and see like is is he going to punish me? And then he didn't punish me in the entire set. So there are definitely like kind of like little statistical things you can pick up there. Uh, for Mango, when I coached him, which is the second part of the question, um, very similar approach to PP. Like um, it's just like kind of like when you watch a match, you kind of form your own like kind of hypotheses of what's going right and wrong. And sometimes it can be stage related. So like I go like, okay, like what happens when he loses on FD and he goes to Yoshi's? Like he loses the majority of the time. Okay, like got to Let's go to stadium. It's a it's a bigger stage. He's not going to overforce the action. Um, if he gets tilted, he stops dash dancing. Okay, that's a good note that I give Mango. Like, hey, this these are your mental notes. Um, and if there's like a repeated habit that is oh like just happening over and over again, like where like Mango was like literally like just like um shine narrowing armada at like low percentages and just getting cc for 60 i was just like hey mango like you got to cut this like i'm gonna show you like 10 different moments from the last set so that it's ingrained in him how stupid it looks and then so that was like how i mostly coached like i would give him win rates of the stages 
And notoriously, like, there was a Genesis tournament where he got, like, 3-0'd in, like, 10 minutes against Armada, and he told me, like, I needed to punch him in the face so that he would never do that again. So that was the kind of relationship we had, where I would give him the information, some being Mango, sometimes he wouldn't take it. And then, but then I, we built trust over time where um, everything from picking Stadium more often to picking Yoshis in certain circumstances to picking Mario against Pikachu, like against Axe. Oh, like, man, that was um, We did that because um, like I just showed him and just said like, hey, look, here are the three reasons why. Here's the data reason. Here's your emotional reason. And um, I think it'll be cool. Like, because that's like the mega argument that I always have to, you know, play. And that's the extent of like the, you know the data-driven coaching that you know i did a lot with mango i think with data for me um and 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 vod watching so i think there's two things here i think with data i i'm the most as a content creator in particular i'm the most interested in like sifting because i think with data it's really interesting because certain things mean something but i also think there's a lot of noise and i think what i find particularly interesting is distinguishing the noise from like i think people especially people newer to the scene Sometimes we'll read, if anything, too much into things. And what I like to do, especially like in my YouTube videos and stuff like that, is I like to try to disseminate meaningful data, meaningful things from like, um, uh, I think you're jumping to conclusions or something. I remember I was watching a tournament actually a long time ago. This was Mango Armada Grand Finals. This was one of those. I think it was I'm Not Yelling. It was one of those NorCal tournaments. But somebody who was chatting with me at that tournament was telling me they thought that Fox Falco was unwinnable for Falco in the, in the meta. They were like, Falco, uh, Falco's been completely, this was 2015. And they were like, Falco's been completely solved by Fox players, and the matchup is now unwinnable. And they were citing some data that they thought they had, um, you know. This is all I say. Clearly, Falcos <laughs> have beaten Foxes since 2015. That's true. And, uh, and, and so, um, you know, I, I, I find it. I think myth busting is is interesting, I guess, from that perspective. Um, and I, I like taking this uh, this approach that people have where they think things are set in stone. I'll give you a really good example here. We were talking about this in stream last night. Uh, there was this Reddit, six-year-old Reddit post. It was uh, interviews that this guy did, little short interviews. He walked around this venue, uh, Big House 5, 2015, and he was asking top players, uh, which characters do you think it is possible to win a tournament with? Solo, solo main. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> And you would you would be so surprised. So they talked to a lot of people, right? Mango, Plub, uh, Hbox, you know, me, Kirby Kaze was in there, um, Ice, et cetera, et cetera, S Fat, Lucky. And I would say the min the, the this was twenty fifteen. The minority of people uh said that Puff was one of those characters. In twenty fifteen, most people did not think Puff could solo animator, which was you know, which which of course, because this was the pre pre H God era, and H H Box. This was before Paragon, I suppose, and, and this was before H uh, Box went on. You know, he started winning majors again, where he mm -hmm. people thought Puff had been solved, and and you couldn't you couldn't solo win win a major with solo Puff anymore. Everyone thought Captain Falcon wasn't viable. You know, Falcon can't do it. You know, Falcon, it's it's you know you're gonna fight Mute King. It's too hard. He's gonna tech chase you or whatever. You know, people <laughs> yeah. at these people at these very you know myopic. It was really funny. I read my. I don't want to go too deep into it. I'm going to have a YouTube video on it, but okay. I guess I was reading, <laughs> I was reading the answer I gave six Wait. years ago and I was like, I was like, wow, this answer is so good. Just patting myself on the back. Uh, but you know, I basically said, um, it was really funny. I basically said, yeah, like I don't, um, 
I don't think it's, uh, I think people read into things. I think people look at the here and now and they, 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 they're too quick to jump to conclusions. And so I'm always looking to myth bust. I think that's the interesting part for me yeah. as a content creator, at least as a commentator, I would say what I try to do, just kind of, kind of put a bow on all this. It's actually, I, I would say it's very similar to what PB does. I like to, when I watch a set, I like to be able to come away from the set saying, all right, this is kind of like this there's the story of the set like this is why the guy who won won this is why the guy who lost lost and sometimes it just boils down to you know like like Taf or like tafo said uh this guy just was never like the guy kept shielding and the other guy never grabbed him or the guy grabbed him he kept grabbing him but he kept missing the the follow-up on his up throw or something you know uh was, you know i remember there's a set where me and scar commented with net one two three four and he kept getting uh homemade waffles to um kept getting branded at 200 percent so he kept getting these grabs but then he'd up throw him and he couldn't do the follow-ups and then you, so brandon kept living to 200 percent and i was like well you're playing neutral fine but you know you can't do the follow-ups you can't do the follow-ups you're not gonna take the stocks <clears throat> and i think it's i think it's really good as a commentator to like um to be able to do that i think it's really good to be able to watch a set and come out of it like okay this is what happened uh, cause, cause otherwise, you know, you're gonna have a lot of viewers that, you know, they're, they, they, their eyes kind of glaze over. And I think it's good to kind of keep people rooted in that sense. Yeah. And, and from that perspective, I would say as a commentator, it's very similar to analyzing a VOD as a player. It's very so cause, cause you're looking, what were the big mistakes here? That that's what you're doing as a commentator. Honestly, that's what I do. And it's also similar to what I would say Peepee's doing, uh, studying a VOD or what Taff was doing, uh, you know, trying to discern player habits, uh, for himself or for Mango. Yeah, and to kind of add, because I'm also in the leak space where it has a little bit more data, like the, mm -hmm. the central argument that people will have is like data is the start of discussion and an investigation. So like, it's not the, the definitive truth, um, you know, like, mm -hmm. and this is where it's, there's a difference between a person that accumulates data and just says the data says is this, this person is 60% and a, and a data analyst or a data scientist that's worth their weight that is able to make proper interpretations of the data. Like if we're to look at like pros and top 64 who play Roy, it's like, oh wow, Roy has an insane win rate. Well, <laughs> that's because Zane is playing Roy. It's not because right. Roy is a good character. And so, like, you need to be able to, like, have these discussions and, like, and, yeah, maybe we underrepresented Roy and maybe he's a little bit better than we thought, but it's also Zane who's playing him. So, like, data, yeah, so, like, I hope that, like, the end message I give here is that data is not the end truth in a lot of games. There's just so much that's underneath the hood that isn't being um, discovered yet or that it can't be collected via data and so great discussion point, but like, it's never always never going to be the final say. And this is coming from a person that loves numbers. If I can add to that too, it's really funny because I've engaged in a lot of different competitive games. And one of the ones that takes data very seriously is rainbow six. And they mm. always post like at the end of every season, they're like, Hey, in plat platinum lobbies and above, here's like the wind deltas and the usage rate for these characters. And this last season, uh, this like, you know, not relevant in the meta operator had like a, wind delta five times higher than anybody else and then you look at it and you're like well yeah because in a high level lobby people are only going to pick that character when you know they're rolling the other team and they want to do something funny right 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 this was uh yeah this was always uh in, i remember in overwatch this was the case with like symmetra for example when symmetra was incredibly off meta but or or like bastion and there was part of it was that and then part of it was like their dog shit 
for the most part. And then there's like a really niche specific scenario where you might want to go that character to hold like a very specific choke with a very specific strat. And then, yeah, of course you win every goddamn time you were able to set that up. So they're like, their win rates are like, oh, they're better than the top tiers. We got to nerf them. Um, and then the funny thing is, uh, Blizzard would periodically, they would, they would actually come and they would nerf these sorts of, and it's like, dude, why are you nerfing this, the bottom tier? It's really, really funny. Do I sense salt from Toe? <laughs> no, I hated I hated those characters. I actually thought those characters. I I I liked that they nerfed those characters because I thought they were degenerate. Uh, but I did think it was funny. <laughs> and you know the the symmetric maids would always complain. You know, anyway, it was this whole thing. Um, but yeah, you you can never um, you can never just use the the raw percentages because like if anything, in if anything in these sorts of games that have like you know huge player bases and and, and team, um. You know, team games uh, like that. If if a character is like top tier in the pro meta, what often ends up happening is, uh, you know, casual players will try to pick them in, in ladder and and do very poorly and and kind of under inflate their their win percentages. That happens a lot. So, you know, you all, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt. Mm. But yeah, good question. Uh, okay. Glad to glad to be able to talk this this kind of stuff with uh, with Taffo. Any shoutouts you want to do, Kimona? Uh, yeah, a couple. Uh, I think the the first one I want to shout out is just like all the people who are like behind the scenes at tournaments, like TOs, production. You know, especially people who run pools. Thank you, everybody, for that. Um, and I also want to shout out the uh, the DFW uh, Smash scenes as a whole. I've come from like an ultimate background most of my time, but uh, I went to some melee tournaments recently, and it was. Kind of the best time I've ever had going. It was kind of sick. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Kimono likes Tabby Patties after all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Taffo. Yes. All right. Take care. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Take care. Love the cross pollination. I think every ultimate player should try to go to a melee tournament once, and every melee player should try to go to an ultimate tournament once. Mm. I really mean that. I had a I had a really good time at the ultimate locals I went to. Uh. Because, you know, it's like a sister community. You're like, oh, like, I don't know these people per se, but they're just like me. Fair. Yeah. Very fair. I, I mean, think that's all at... the... Yo, go ahead. I was just going to you're you know, I mean, I think that's something that you in particular have always kind of strove for, Toph, is linking communities together. So <laughs> certainly, certainly no surprise there, but it's a, it's a cool thing to say anyway, right? I'm a big linker. Love linking. <laughs> big linker from a big thinker. There That's it right. is. That's, well what said, Taffo. Um, That's what it's all about. Well, hey, man, look, there's plenty more that we could be asking you, but I think <laughs> I think it's time for you to ask something yourself, Taffo. That's right. The community voice. I'm curious what you've got for the people at home, the people listening in, whether it's on a podcast platform, but we are going to be looking at the responses on YouTube. Uh, what do you what's a question that you think would be great for everyone to answer and we can talk about next week? Love to hear what you got to say for us, Taffo. Yeah, I think uh, this will be really interesting because I alluded to how quickly people are improving earlier in the show, the episode. So my question for the audience is, who do you think will, if we had this award um, of most improved player, who do you think will get that most improved player award oh. of 2022? Of, oh, get it for this year, this coming yeah. year? For this coming year. I see. So, so it's not who do you think deserves it from you know the most recent year. It's who do you think will end up having improved the most in 2022? Yeah. And I think I like this question That's because question. it highlights a lot of local heroes that people may not know yeah. about. Yeah. But like, it's like, oh, like, look out for this player. And like, he's going to make, or he or she is going to make waves or they're going to make waves. And 
so yeah uh people can show their local hero pretty much yeah you can you can promote your local hero but i you know i also think that answering anyone that is known could also be cool too right if you think now those some of the high level players are still putting a lot together and still innovating a lot you think they're still trailblazing and you see them doing a lot of new things you can shout them out too i think i think uh having something like this where you look at whether a player is refining something and they're able to get a lot more results or they're bringing a bunch of new things in and getting a lot, getting a lot of results i think is is cool either way so really puts you know a lot of people into in the running together and so i, I that's a fun question yeah and then my answer, my meme answer, I'll have to actually think about this myself, is the Crimson Blur, because starting off from negative and then making an improvement is relatively, really large. Do, we do you think, think he's he make will that do that? Yeah, Tovin, I have the same question. Do you think he's going to do it? <laughs> I think he is playing. Okay, well. I ran but... into him on Unranked one time. <laughs> How did it go? No, I'm not even going to ask. He's got videos on that, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> He makes my Falcon um, look really good. Oh, oh what a no. nice guy. What a nice guy. Is he gonna draw you a portrait? You should draw yeah, you should draw me wearing a Falcon helmet. <laughs> um cool. Is that is that it? Or is that how this works or Yeah, this is this is pretty much it. Um so I mean, thank you so much, Tavo, for coming on, bringing the community voice out, bringing the stats, bringing the, you know, all the experience you have and the initiatives you started with the community. Much appreciated. And thank you, Toph, as always, for holding it down. Yeah. You're you're in Nez's place, but I mean, looking good. You got you got everything under control, man. Love that. Yeah. And uh, Nez, feel free to uh, wave to the camera. Say goodbye here. <laughs> <laughs> guys. Yeah. Uh, later, Nez. Uh, and later, everyone out there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is another radio, another episode of Radio Melee. Signing out.